your Bible up to Mark chapter 12, verse 28. Mark 12, 28. Um, so talking about fall, talking about fun, um, I want to share something with you that happened yesterday at our uh, motorcycle rally and our uh, bike rodeo tent revival at Moscow. Um, we started out in that event out at Moscow with it raining a little bit. And it was just kind of drizzling. And, you know, there were some people that were there. And it was one of those deals where you're kind of looking around. You're like, oh, I wonder if God's going to just, like, rain this out or whatever. Uh, but I want to talk to some of the people in church who always talk about praising God in the storm. And, and, and here's, here's the thing. We don't need a hallelujah section. We need people that will actually do it. So it started to rain a little bit, and we sing these songs in church, I'll praise you in the storm, and, and whatever you need to do, God, let it rain. And it started to rain, and everybody ran inside. <laughs> Can I keep going? That's, that, God, want, God wants a church that regardless of how hard things get, we're never going to turn our back on the Lord. We're going to embrace the storm. And as the sea rocks and rolls, the anchor still holds. The anchor still holds. So in Mark 12, 28, you can turn me down just a little, Bob. I'm going to get a little preachy today. I'm still, I'm a little hungover from the uh, bike rodeo. I had too many uh, sweets. Oh, you, no, I don't drink. I don't and, and they kept bringing me stuff like it was the Last Supper. <laughs> and they were just bringing me stuff like, here, try this, Pastor. I'm like, what am I, the Michelin man or something here or what? Uh, but it was good anyways. So here's what it says. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, uh, seeing that he answered them well, asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, the, the most uh, important is that, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Watch this now. The second uh, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So this is the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So what Jesus was doing was teaching these guys a lesson through what we call parables. It's kind of a uh, kind of the way I like to learn. I like looking. When I was growing up, I wasn't. I told you guys I wasn't a very good student, so I loved the picture books. I didn't like the ones with the words in them. Take a drink, and we'll get back to you. So that's what he did. He was putting a picture out there for these these two groups. One was the Sadducees, and one was the Pharisees. Sadducees. Uh, didn't believe in the resurrection, uh, and they didn't believe in the afterlife. That, that creates a serious problem because, let's be honest, if we thought this is as good as it gets, we're in trouble. I want to talk to everybody who's got a backache. Just raise your hand. 
if this if this is as good as it gets, we're in trouble. But somewhere at some time, God has put eternity into your heart. That doesn't make you a believer. That just lets you know that in all of this creation, there's got to be a creator. And his name's God Almighty. And whether you turn to him is up to you. But if you decide today not to make a choice, you made a decision. Uh, I'm going to keep going. Listen. So he says, uh, so he's talking to these Sadducees. They don't believe in their... And so the Pharisees, Pharisees are the kind of people who are religious fanatics. You ever met a religious fanatic? Uh, sometimes you guys, you, you've been to churches with them before. Not this church, but other churches you've been with them. They're just kind of fanatical. Every time, you know, they, they're like, uh, well, we got a verse for that. You know, when, when all you really need is like a hug or high five and... And geese, and you know, we got, we got a verse for that. Mike, you ought to be, uh, you know what. Uh, and sometimes you're like, you know what, man, why don't you stay away from me, you religious nut job? <laughs> I mean, you don't say that here, but if you. So here, here's, here's what he's saying to the Pharisees. So the Pharisees had enough religion on them to ask this question. They go, hey, we want to know what is the greatest and most important uh, commandment of all. So here he says. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And, and, and if, you have, if, you're, if your strength is dwindling just a little bit, that's okay. That's when God works the best with people who are a little weak. So when we get a little weak, we know we have to rely on God. Amen? And here's, here's, the, here's the kicker to this whole thing. Listen to this. The second part of this. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor, say that with me, you shall love your neighbor, stop there, oh, we are in love with ourselves, and I told you before, I'll just start with the dudes, the guys, as they age, Mark, you, you, you can go do a mere check. And as you walk by, and I say, I say this almost every week, guys can talk themselves into thinking that they still got it. Right. <laughs> they do. They go by, and I mean, you give one. This is called swole when you do this. Amen. And the girls do it just a little. They don't do it quite. They're not as quite as obvious and. And, uh, the, you know, somebody will comment on their dress or comment on the ring, and a, and a girl's got their way of doing it. They go, oh, girl, you mean this old thing? <laughs> he said, love your neighbor. Well, I'm for Sam said, you know, love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. And we'll do anything. In 2023, Terry, we'll do anything. We, we go to the tanning booth. We drink with the Hollywood stars, the, the weight loss juice, and all the stuff. If we would love our neighbor the way we love ourselves, the whole world would be a different place. There would be no poverty, no racism, no, no nothing. Somebody talk back to me today. If you would just love people the way we love ourselves and I'll end with the wet dog theory it's the best of all and my wife taught me this so uh, 
we was in a rural area, and I've told you this before. We're all outside, and we're and if a wet dog come out of the woods and was was wet and stunk to high heaven, everybody would stop the service and go, "Oh, Pastor Pat, there's a wet dog that just came out of the woods, and it doesn't have a home." And everybody run around. Oh, I don't care how smelly you are. I don't care how wet you are. And they'd want to name it right off the bat, and it'd end up being a church pet. When you give it a name, you know it's staying around. Amen. Moms and dads like, oh, don't name that thing. Don't name whatever you do, don't name it. Amen. And do this with me with a little pool. You just run it, oh, it's so cute. And you're like, man, that thing stinks like crazy. I can't. If you love people, hold on for a second. Some people, let's just say this, some people are hard to love. Some people, I mean, you just, somehow we got to find out and you can't do it in your own strength. You can't make it up and be phony. God wants you to be genuine. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's not envious or boastful. It's not haughty and hardly even notices when others do wrong. That's the kind of love God wants us to have for our neighbors. And sometimes the people he wants you to love aren't even church-going people. I can't imagine. I know some of you only work in the holiness circle, the frozen chosen, but here's the deal. He, the great commission is for everybody. Go ye therefore. Let us pray on that note. Let it start with us, dear God. We have realized we're not as great as we think we are. Lord, we may need to humble ourselves. Church, we may need to take a step back and climb off our high horse so we can start to love folks the way you do. Um, And Lord, teach us through the power of your Holy Spirit today. And I thank you for so many wonderful people who have gathered here and are watching by live stream all across the state and the country today. And, Lord, that you would bless the offering, find it pleasing, uh, that it could be used for your kingdom uh, and to further your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, applaud the Lord. Let the basket come by. Go with me into Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 15. Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 15. I want to tell you a little bit about the book of Ecclesiastes. Twelve chapters long. We're in it uh, quite a bit. And um, it's written by the wisest, richest man who ever lived. So if you could get before the richest, wisest man who ever lived, I know you'd clear your calendar to get with them, sit in front of them, and say, tell me the secrets of life and what it's going to take for me to, you know, get a million dollars in the bank or whatever the case. So here's your opportunity. The wisest, richest man who ever has lived wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, King Solomon. Um, and quite frankly, I think we need to get back to it and maybe take this as a, as, a, as a way of teaching in the public school system too, where people would start learning some practical uh, advice on how to just to, to run their families. Uh, amen. So I'm just going to put my hands on it, and you, if you own a copy, pray, Lord, we just pray for the message today uh, that it would cross all the boundaries it needs to um, and, and, and fix some of the, the, the crazy things thinking, thought life uh, that we have out here. And, uh, and I pray, Lord God, as we realize this word is timeless, uh, Lord God, 
you brought us here to hear this message. Uh, and you're using me today, Lord God, to bring it. Uh, and we pray this in thy name. Amen. Amen. So being 12 chapters long, it starts, if you were to turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 2, it would say, meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless, or vanity. Depending on what copy you're reading, vanity. Everything's useless. It's vanity. All the stuff we're going through. And at the end of chapter 12, in the, the second to last verse, in chapter 12, it says, fear God, keep his commandments. So we got fear God, keep his commandments, and vanity, vanity over here. So there's a, there's a broad spectrum of teaching in between all these chapters, and they're wonderful. Some of the best songs ever created come out of Ecclesiastes and some of the greatest information and, and actually some of the most misquoted quotes of the Bible have been quoted out of Ecclesiastes. And I'm going to talk about that today in Ecclesiastes uh, 8, verse 15. It says, I commend joy for man has nothing better under the sun than to, but to eat, drink, and be joyful, for this will go with him in his toil through the days of his life that God has given him under the sun. So we'll just kind of leave that alone and we'll drop back and talk about what's in that chapter. Some of you guys are reading King James and it would say mirth, which means amusement, to amuse himself. And, and, and the world is going, yeah, Facebook's going, yeah, it's all about eating and drinking and being merry. Woo, I can do it now. Do that with woo. Uh, look, don't do that again. It didn't look good. But, I mean, that's what it is, right? I mean, if we can take some scripture and, and get the world, Chris, and, and mix it together, then somehow we're going to be okay if I could take a little scripture. Isn't that what the devil did in the beginning? He took a, just a little bit of a scripture and applied it like peanut butter to these two kids in the garden and screwed it up. He lied to them, and that's what he's lying doing today. He's lying to the people saying that you can live however you want to live and you'll be happy. <laughs> eat, drink, and be merry. That means I can go out and get drunker than anything and I can just eat like crazy. Well, let's start with gluttony. God doesn't want you to be gluttonous. And you might be looking at me going, well, what's your problem? <laughs> we're going to address it today. Sue, we're going to address it. I got to because I got chocolate chip cookies on the table. If Carol Sharkey's watching this uh, broadcast, she probably is. Let me tell you something about when they're, they're, they're wonderful. She baked them for me for my birthday. And she layered them in there. And these aren't the little baby cookies, the junior-sized cookies. They're the ones that are smashed down, and they're big. Ask me, say, how big are they? They're so big it takes two people just to look at one. And, and they're smashed down in, in this Tupperware thing, and then there's wax paper over the top of them, and then she layered them in. Where's anybody going to go, oh, oh, it, it is like just being in heaven? So I always get up at night, and I always pretend. You ever pretend before? You pretend. You, I want to talk to a guy. I, I want to just talk to a guy that drinks milk just right here. All right. You're going to lie to yourself. You're going to pour, I'm going to have, what I'm going to do is I'm going to cut down. First say cut down. I'm going to cut down. I'm only going to drink a half a cup of milk and I'm going to eat a half a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. 
you're lying to yourself where you're walking in there. If you're gonna, here's what I, here's the way I feel. If I'm gonna walk that far, I, if I, if I'm walking from the bedroom into the kitchen, I'm getting, I'm getting my money's worth. And by, and then you justify it by telling yourself you're burning off calories. Then I end up having two, and then another glass of milk. But all, all kidding aside, gluttony is a sin. And, it, and it, I don't think it necessarily just has to be with food, but I mean, surely he's talking about food here. And, and the Bible is littered with talking about gluttony, not, not to be a glutton. And he surely tells you to stay away from strong drink. He don't want, he don't want a bunch of Christians that confess Jesus Christ as Lord to be out there drunker than you know what. Amen. I'm not trying to ruin your party. I'm just preaching today, okay? Um, so go with me in the prayer. I want to do this. I didn't, I didn't get a chance to do it uh, at the service uh, out at Moscow, but I'm going to do it with you guys because I like you better than that group for sure. Uh, well, they don't record there so I can say whatever. Let's just do this just to keep us on track because some of your Facebook friends are going to say, well, Jesus turned water into wine, and we're not going to get into all that. God forbids strong drink. He just forbids strong drink. We're not going to get into this right now. Listen to me. So when he talks about Proverbs 23, verses 20 through 21, here it is. Um, Be not, so let me say this. Let's read this here. Be not among drunkards or among gluttonous eaters of meat. So the problem that you have may not just be with yourself. It may be the company that you keep. Look at your neighbor and just go, yeah, yeah, that's right. So it, and, and, and the problem may not just be with little Johnny. Some of you guys have little Johnny Rotten that lives at your house that's always in trouble. It may not be... Johnny Rotten's necessarily problem, it's the company that Johnny Rotten keeps. It started to influence his life. So you may have to tell him to to clean out his closet a little bit and get rid of some of them friends. Amen. Amen. Verse 21, for the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty and slumber will clothe them with rags. Somebody ought to say, oh me. So everybody wants to know, why ain't I getting blessed? Why, why aren't we doing good? Maybe it's the company that you're keeping. God's wanting to bless you, but every time he gets ready to send out a blessing, those people around you are going to steal it and contaminate it. God can't put anything in your hand because you're hanging on to these old, old habits and these old people, and, and he can't put anything new in your hand because you never have it open ready for a blessing. You're praying for a blessing. You're praying for a blessing, but you're still holding on to the old ways. This is what God's trying to do, amen. So talking about eat, drinking, and being merry, turn with me into Ecclesiastes chapter 3. I'm going to read verses 9 through 11. So God's against slothfulness, he's against drunkenness, and he's against uh, gluttony. Um, But what we know that uh, 8.15 says is God wants us to enjoy the spoil of our labor. Amen? Amen. And uh, if you don't labor, let me get back to the scripture here. 
Ecclesiastes 3, 9. What gain has the worker from his toil? Question mark. So there's a, I want to tell you ahead of time, there's a little bit of sarcasm worked in this teaching right here. He says, I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. So if you're a born-again believer, you don't always have to have fireworks going off and doing all these wonderful things. You can go outside and look at everything. Everything is, you remember that song, Everything is Beautiful in Its Own Way? Will you want me to sing it for you? Listen, I'm not going to, but I know you want it. Here's the deal. God, God wants you to, to, to go outside or, or look at your spouse or look at your kids and go, you know what? God has already given me the greatest blessing of all time, being born again, and I have a, I have a, I have a healthy family. I think the problem with the family is now is we're not celebrating the little victories. Remember, what you celebrate, you get more of. Tap your neighbor right there. Whatever you celebrate, you get more of. So we celebrate Mrs. Geeson walking down here for the first time in four years. We can celebrate. Just keep celebrating. You pray if you need it. You praise if you got it. Amen. Amen. You know, and and I, I knew they were coming. I was watching from my office and, and I seen all the hubbub and everything. Uh, I get excited when when there's milestones in people's lives, Amen. and it, it don't have to be grandiose. It can be you know, your kids get an A on the report card or whatever the case may be. I think you need to celebrate that. Everybody, watch this. Everybody's having a coming out party on the internet. You might as well tell them, hey, my, my kids are doing good. They're on, uh, they're on uh, honor roll. Yeah. Celebrate your kids are on the honor roll. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. My dad used to celebrate when I didn't get a ticket that month. <laughs> Is this on? Um. But what I'm trying to do is just encourage you guys to continue to have fun. And watch this. It starts at home. It starts at home. And we're, we're, I promise you we're taking this, this, uh, we're taking this lesson somewhere, so stay with me. It says, let me go back to 10. It says, I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put, say this with me, he has put eternity into a man's heart, into a man's heart. And it says that in Romans chapter 1. Now, again, let me tell you this. It doesn't mean you're a born-again believer, but you know there's got to be something out there better than what's going on right now. Amen. There's got to be eternity after this life. We have, to, we have to be born twice so we only die one time. But if you're only born once, you'll die twice, and the second death is the lake of fire. Amen. So it's in our heart, and we know that that's what got you to church was living a life out there in the world. That's what got you to church. You started coming to church because there's got to be something better than this. Amen. 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 Did you ever think you're going to be married to Mr. Wonderful or Mrs. Wonderful? Did I tell you about this in high school? Remember when you wanted to take your yearbook around and say, I hope she signs it or I hope he signs it. And then in the yearbook you'd sign it you'd go, we're going to love each other forever. Did I tell you that, Dietrich? We went to the same high school. We're gonna love, we're, she's going to love you forever. 
She's only going to love you forever until there's another guy that comes along with better feathered hair than what you have. That, that'll do it. You're, you're, you're done. Amen? All right. Yet so that he cannot find, listen to this part. This is kind of weird. Yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. Now just touch your mind here for just a second because some of you, some of your friends on Facebook have to know how God operates. Amen? They, they, I got I to gotta know, and, and, and they might say something like this really intelligent on Facebook. Well, I don't know if I believe that. Right? I mean, really until like, I don't know if God could really do that or not. So what God is saying, my ways are above your ways. Your finite, pea-headed brain is never going to figure out my infinite wisdom. Amen. And if we could figure God out, you'd have to hire a new God. Amen? Because he'd be thinking just like you are. Are we making any headway yet? I think we might be. So... So he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and do, and do good as long as they live. So we're going to stop there, and I want you to take that theme with you. So and I told you about celebrating with your kids and their grades and, and going out to dinner and, and sitting with your family members. Everything doesn't always have to be on fire. You can sit out there in a lawn chair as you get older and sit in a lawn chair and go, you know what, this is pretty dang good. And do you ever fret like I do, like somebody's going to ask you to actually get up and do something? I mean, when I get home from church, I sit, I get in the recliner, recliner mode. I got an electric one where you push the button. My biggest fear is my wife's going to come to me and want me to get out of that position right there. It's a phobia. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Kids would be jumping all over the place, and your grandkids and nieces and never in and out and all this, and I'm just like. <laughs> so here's what he says in chapter three to wrap this thought up. And it's all about having fun and remembering, celebrating the small times uh, because they could get bigger. And, and I'll tell you this as, as the message goes on, it gets a little better. Here we go. For everything, there is a season. A time for every matter under heaven. There, there's a season for Whaley, we go through all kinds of seasons. We go through, we go through dry seasons as a Christian. You remember? Sometimes geese and you're you're praying and you can't hear from God. And they come to church and go, God's not talking to me. God's not talking to me. And I said, Well, maybe you're not listening. Or I say something like, well, I pray all the time. I pray when I'm in traffic and I'm driving down the street yelling at people. <laughs> maybe, that, maybe God's trying to get more of your time than that. How would your marriage be if that's the only time you talk to your wife is when you're yelling? The, some, of, some of the greatest growth times in your marriage is when you, it's just you two, the smoke is cleared, and you figure out, that you're going to be there for one another. I think that God wants us on our knees or in our prayer chair where we can, we can hear what he's saying to us. Amen. We don't always have to. What I'm saying is we don't always have to be talking when we should be listening. 
A time to born, uh, be born, a time to die. And I'll talk about that too. I'll bring all this back around. So if you're waiting for the big ending, it's coming. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. I just got to tell you, I'm bragging about my tomato plants this year. We're making salsa like it's the last supper. I mean, we just, after a while, you don't know what to do. You're giving it to friends. They're like, oh, man, oh, I don't need any more. We're making salsa, spaghetti sauce, everything. We're just eating them like an apple. My wife's like, did you wash it? And I go, no. <laughs> Amen? I'm celebrating what God has given me, even in the small things. And they look a lot better than they do in the store, I'll tell you that. I don't know where they're raising some of these tomatoes in the store. Well, go ahead and rise up since you're all giddy right now. We got, we got a couple more verses. Hang in there with me. I'm coming for the big ending. A time to plant, a time to pluck up what's planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. Let me talk to you a little bit about, about being a dad or a grandpa or, or, a, or a surrogate person. We don't always, you have to break the kids down every once in a while to break it down to them about what it is that they're doing wrong and all that stuff. But there's also time to build them up. Say that with me, build them up. Build them up, build them up. And, and I've told you before as, a, as a, a coach and a grandpa and a dad and all that kind of stuff, you can build up a young male, a young man, just by touching him on his shoulder and say you did a great job today. You don't have to say a whole lot. Yeah, and, and, and if you want me to walk that out in real life, this is what, I, what, what I'll tell you. When I go see my grandkids play, I'm getting the most bang for my buck. When I come in, they know Grandpa's there. Because I, watch this, you're not listening to me. You can bring the house lights down so they can see me. I'll whistle or I'll say their name. Yeah, good job, you know, Mia or Keelan or Chase or Evan. And then they'll turn around and they'll look. And on the, even when they're little kids, in the back of their jersey says Rankin. And I let everybody know that's my child out there. Did you hear what I'm saying to you? That's my child out there. I'm not, I'm not in the shut up section. I, I like to celebrate. And you should too because those little kids are your little miracles. They're, 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 they're life changers. It's fun I think it's fun to be at games. I think it's fun to be at a game. Oh, we ain't got time for it, Dr. D. I don't got time to be at all sages stuff. Got time to be at all that. I'm, I'm busy. Watch this. Keith, I'm busy with work. Okay. All right. Nobody ever goes to their grave going, I wish I would have worked more. I wish I would have worked, worked more hours. They, they would have really loved me if I would have made a couple extra bucks. Here's the deal. When you go by the way of the grave, nobody gives a tinker's rip how much money you made. It never even gets discussed in a funeral. I've never discussed it in a funeral because nobody cares. There'll be enough commerce up in heaven. You won't ever have to worry about any money. You'll be walking on it. Somebody got to say something to me. 
I'll be walking on streets of gold, and I'll be living in a mansion, and I'll be dining at the king's table. Hey, hey. Watch this. time to weep and a time to laugh. Those are going to come. Time to laugh. I, I love laughing. I think, it's, I think it's great medicine and I think people ought to laugh more. And what you got to do, Gloria, sometimes you got to program yourself and, and allow yourself to laugh because somebody could actually be being funny in front of you but you won't receive it because of the disposition that you got. Just say, I'm, I'm, ready for, I'm ready for my spirit to be ministered to. I, I'm ready for my spirit to be ministered to. I'm ready to laugh. Amen? So here's the big ending. It's coming up. Watch this, Dr. Z. Here it is. A time to mourn and a time to dance. Let me tell you about dancing. I love to dance. I love it. And, and, and folk that come to church go, boy, he, he likes to dance. He ain't much of a dancer, but he likes to dance. <laughs> that was built in me the first day I got born again. I've always been on the front row. Not, not to sell tickets or, or anything like that, but that's where I wanted to be. I couldn't imagine being in other, any other place than on a front row dancing and celebrating the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Remember what you celebrate, you get more of. And we got to do that because we're running out of time. The clock is ticking. It's like money. Once you spend it, you can't get it back. So we're, we're dancing and this, I'll tell you two stories and then I'll, I'll get out of here. We go to this concert, and I got my whole family. I sent some of you guys pictures of it. It's a little celebration, and we're, we're celebrating. I got my whole family down, and we're over at Riverport, and they're all wearing the same shirts and this and that. And we go through the, you know how you go through the, uh, like, opening act and all that, and you're like, okay, it's pretty good. And second act, and then third act comes, and everybody stands up just like y'all are doing. This is, this, is the, this is the main headline. So the guy comes out, the main headline, and everybody's standing on their heads, applauding this, that, and the other. My wife goes, I wonder if they're going to sit down. I go, there ain't no way they're going to sit down. They paid $100 their parking who knows where and getting in here to see that opening knack. And so I'm in the concert, and I like to dance a little bit, and everybody's kind of dancing a little bit. And it's at a country concert, but I like to dance anyways. I'm getting my... And so I'm kind of, I'm just kind of going, you know, I'm going like this. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm, that's halfway there. And, and, and this young girl behind us is watching me and my wife, and she's not even, she's way less than half our age. And she looks at me, because I, I pulled off a couple of moves only like I can. I did, I pulled, watch this, you got, bite your lip down here. And then I went like this and went. She tapped me on the shoulder. She said, do that again. She said, and she, you know you're getting old when young people call two older people. You're so cute. You guys are so cute. Amen. 
God's got us all here. And maybe, maybe, maybe we need to be born again. Or maybe we need to get a little dance back in our step. Get a little celebration going. Before it's too late. You say, well, why do you keep bringing that up? Because last night my son sent me a, a, a video from uh, my uh, oldest grandson's game. College game up in Iowa he was playing. In the last two minutes he got a touchdown. And, and uh, and they said, Chase Rankin catches a touchdown pass in the last two minutes of the football game. And I was sitting at the kitchen table right after church. And I didn't know who to send it to. The first I went to send it, first person to send it to is my dad. My dad's not here anymore. And I told my wife, I said, my first inkling was to send that to my dad. He would be so proud to see his great-grandson scoring a touchdown. So I sent it to, to people that are important in my life just to celebrate. Um, my wife said, should I put it on Facebook? I said, you're dang skippy. You ought to put it on Facebook. So here's the big ending. The time to dance is now. And if you're saying, man, I can't muster that up. I just don't have that in me. It's probably because you ain't baptizing the Holy Spirit. You're baptizing the Holy Spirit. So they can't, the devil can't hold you down. It, 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 it don't matter. It don't matter if you're moving an eyelash or a toe. God's wanting people to celebrate what he's done in your life. And if you're not saved, let me pray for you right where you're at. Say, I've never accepted Jesus. Who's this Jesus that you speak of? And I'm going to tell you right here now, he's the Savior of the world. Amen. He saved the world. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. Oh, man, I'd love to get that. Now let me pray for you. I need to know who I'm praying for right now that wants Jesus to come into their life right where you're at. Here's what you say. Oh, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know I need a Savior. And he's got to be you because you're the only one who hung on a cross at Calvary. You're the only one who conquered death and rose three days later. And then invite him, say, I want you to come into my life. I want you to, I want you to change my heart. <clears throat> I, want you to, I want you to change my heart I, and then help me start living for you. That's me, Pastor. You hit me right between the eyes. So here's the second prayer for all the born-again believers. Yeah, Pastor. I've had a little spring taken out of my step. I no longer get excited when the word is being preached or his music is being played. If that's you, I want you to come down here and we'll pray for you right now and ask the Lord to put some zeal back in your life. Get honest with yourself. Are you still as excited about Jesus as the day that you got born again? 
Are you still on fire? Do you still tell everybody at the gas station in the restaurant? Do you still leave trucks? Do you still go to Bible studies? Or have you gotten busy? Oh, we're too, we would have been there, Pastor, but we're too busy. Busy is being under Satan's yoke. You're never too busy to serve God. Let me pray for you. Lord, I want to thank you for the miracles that are here today. I want to thank you for healing Mrs. Geeson. I want to thank you for healing Sue Davison. I want to thank you for all my brothers and sisters that are gathered here today. That you put a song in their heart, a little spring in their step. And praise on their lips. Forgive us where we've sinned against you. And bring us to our knees, Lord God, when we need to be humbled. We give you all the glory today. And pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. And God's people said amen.